0: You're listening to Thrive, your agency resource. The only podcast of its kind for creative, media, and technology leaders who are ready to dive deeper into consciousness, leadership, and agency growth. I'm your host, Kelly Campbell. This year, Thrive is brought to you by E2M Solutions, a trusted white-label partner to hundreds of digital agencies across the globe. Visit e2msolutions.com forward slash thrive today. Welcome back to another episode of Thrive. Many of us as agency leaders, we started out as freelancers. I definitely did. I took a big leap, left my full-time job that I only had for about a year and a half after college. But making that decision to freelance, it really brings the sense of freedom, right? But the independence also comes with A sense of loneliness sometimes some of that's because we don't get the constructive feedback that we would on a team or we've lost the feeling of belonging to some kind of group and it's also hard to find the resources that we need to grow so that's what we're going to talk about today i'm joined by kyle prinsloo founder of freelance fam which is a platform for web designers and developers it offers both one-on-one and community engagement lots and lots of exclusive resources So you can find out more about that, freelancefam.com. Kyle, thank you so much for joining me on the show today.
1: Kelly, that was, first of all, a fantastic intro, and I think you nailed it. And yeah, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here.
0: I know that we have a similar origin story in terms of freelancing, leaving maybe an initial job and then moving into freelancing. So I would love to hear a little bit more about What drove you to realize that the same need that you had as a freelancer was something that was shared by so many other developers and web designers?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question to start. So I think it started with an initial frustration, right? And the frustration was a lack of funds, a lack of finances, and not only that, but I also wanted to have more freedom, play tennis when I wanted to, or golf or go on vacations or whatever, and not ask permission to do that. And I mean, if you combine those two together, that's like a strong desire. And if I can zoom back, I would say it started in 2015 when I was freelancing on the side. I had a marketing manager role. And yeah, I mean, I wasn't earning enough and I was working long hours. I mean, you would know in like uh, senior roles, a bit more is expected of you, right? And yeah, I think after about a year of freelancing on the side, I was earning actually more than my full-time income, and then I stayed on a bit more, and I've been full-time freelance since 2017. That led to various different businesses, e-commerce, software, agencies, things like that, and here we are today.
0: So it's interesting because I had the, you know, again, I said our, our stories are a bit similar. I had the full-time job and I was freelancing on the side and exactly the way that you just put it at the point when I started seeing that my salary or my income from freelancing was meeting and then slightly exceeding my W-2 salary from the company, that was my indication, oh, I can do this, right? So for people who are still kind of in that boat, they haven't taken the leap yet. I'm curious, how did you go about getting some of those initial clients?
1: So my very first client, and it's actually quite an anomaly, but anyway, I'll share it, right? So it's not the typical friends and family sort of approach, which is perfectly fine. I went on Fiverr and I noticed there was a very saturated market. So instead of offering web design services, I sort of flipped it around, right? I offered a $5 conversion rate optimization report. So like a website analysis report. Uh-huh. And and this guy who bought it got the $5 report. I tried to over deliver And eventually I upsold him to a $100 wireframe. And then I upsold him eventually to a $1,000 website and then a $1,000 per month marketing retainer and then various different websites from him and then various different websites from his friends. Mm -hmm. So that $5 turned into multiple five figures and amazing. So so that was a big success story from my side, Mm -hmm. but I do know that it's very rare to do that. So that's basically my start into the freelancing world
0: mine is just as rare so this is kind of a fun conversation. <laughs> I didn't do the friends and family thing either. I I'm going to date myself cuz I'm a bit older than you, but I opened <laughs> up the phone book and started with the businesses in my local town and started at A and by the time I got to C, I already had 3 meetings booked. 3 meetings turned into clients and those were the first 3 clients I had for my freelancing business.
1: That's actually impressive. Um, I don't think I've, I, <laughs> I don't think I've actually heard it. of someone say that they got clients from the phone book. So.
0: <laughs> when nobody was doing it before, right? And this is yeah. like just because of the time frame. Yeah, when no one was doing that. This was the first time that someone had approached them and said, hey, are you building an email list? Hey, do you have a website? Does that website allow people to subscribe to that email list? Or does it have e-commerce? Mm. People were like, what? This is some far out concept. So... Yeah. Amazing. So when you left, you started freelancing, you finally got that permission that you were giving yourself, right? To go play golf or tennis. Did you feel like there was a little bit of loss in that experience? Meaning now I'm not around people in an office anymore. This is great, all of this freedom and independence, but there's also something lacking.
1: Yeah. Again, a great question. So at the time i just sort of didn't, uh, it, it sounds a bit weird to say, but I didn't really have time to think. I just had to focus on doing the business and running the business yeah. and trying to make it work, right? But over time, I would say after about a year or even two years, I think it actually, I realized it got a bit lonely. Yeah. And and what I actually did was I actually brought someone on board as a partner, 50-50 partner. And in fact, it was like so extreme that it was just like, I'm not really interested in the money. I just want someone in the business to, to chat with and everything. So, Unfortunately, it didn't work out, but that just goes to show how I really wanted that. Yeah. And I missed that, that interaction speaking with people. And because I mean, the nature of our work is very often for a lot of us, remote work. And sometimes you don't just want to chat with clients over coffee or something. You actually want like a teammate or a partner or someone to to chat with. So yeah, I mean, that was my experience, but I'm curious, how was was your experience?
0: I never had a partner, but I will say that what's interesting now is I wish that I had hired a coach similar to Mm. the one that I became. I wish that I was the coach that I, I needed back then. Coaching wasn't really a thing when I own Hmm. my agency. So yeah, I think that in helping other agency leaders so that they have a non-equity partner, right? They have a sounding board. Mm -hmm. They feel like, yes, I'm in there with them, but I'm not getting 50% of the profits. I'm Hmm. much more (laughs) affordable than that. Um, Yeah,
1: sorry if I can jump in. I'm quite disappointed you didn't reach out to me back then.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I should have. (laughs) But in general, this community that you've created, how important is is the actual communal aspect of that for the people who are in in freelance fam?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, it's massive, right? I didn't say that uh, when I was starting, especially in 2016, so 2016, I had a friend and who actually happened to turn into my business partner eventually. And I said to him, look, here's my goal for the year. I want to have monthly calls and you hold me accountable to it. Mm-hmm. And I cannot underestimate or undervalue what that actually meant because that helped so much. And it sounds a bit weird to say, but I really would have loved the community like what we have, that accountability. And we didn't have that. Maybe if there was, I didn't find it back then. And I think that that is the biggest value in the community and even if it's not in my community my whole goal is to help freelancers business owners agencies whatever succeed and i think that the accountability side i mean you mentioned the coaching i think that's incredible and if you want to collab with other like-minded peers going through the same struggles the same goals a community is a place to be
0: yeah and do you also offer i know that there are exclusive resources but also different ways to communicate outside of just email or through the community itself? Are there other places or channels for communication?
1: Yeah. So I do actually do like one-on-one calls with some community members, as long as they make a booking. I've still got quite a bit of a backlog to to get to, but that's there. And look, I mean, the real value comes inside the community where people are chatting with each other and a lot of conversations happen in the DMs, either with me and some community members or fellow community members chatting together. We have like weekly chats on Zoom, like group calls, maybe some webinars with some experts chatting on certain topics. And that has been very popular and very helpful. Um, so, yeah, I think it's mainly in it, those things.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. So talk a little bit about before we hit record, we started talking a bit about this very interesting place where some freelancers can say, this is great. I'm very content. I want to grow my freelance business, but I don't necessarily want to grow it into an agency, right? And there's nothing wrong with with either of those options. And I'm sure that there are third, fourth options. What have you found is sort of the the percentage of people who say, I'm content as a freelancer, or I really would like to grow this into something bigger than just me?
1: Yeah, I think if we have to sort of start with that whole question, freelance or agency, I would actually start by saying I think there's a big misconception on what is the ideal thing here, because I think that there's a lot of chat on people saying, grow an agency, grow an agency. But I agree with you. I think that there are many, many freelancers who are very content doing extremely well. And if that's what you want to do, great, fantastic, do it. So I think the, this whole hype about growing an agency is what you should be doing. I would disagree with that. However, I think that it could be worthwhile for your business and for your needs and for your fulfillment and everything. But again, we need to look at the why behind it. Is it just to grow, to get money? Because even that needs to be discussed because agencies make more revenue, but they could also potentially make less profit. And you've got more hassles with staff and everything else. Pros and cons, of course. And I think that that needs to be really decided. Personally, what I like, is I like starting out as a freelancer and this is my recommendation. It's just my thoughts and two cents on the topic. So start out as a freelancer. If it works for you, great, stick at it. If you want help, maybe you want someone, maybe you've got like marketing skills and you want someone with web design skills or vice versa, or maybe you need like a project manager or someone in sales or whatever, then you can outsource your work. You don't need to work or hire someone full time or even part time. For me, I would, I've got what I would refer to as like a micro agency. So I've got, I think two or three people full time and then about 10 people on a, on a contract basis. Some are like a few hours. Some are even part time or even full time. And that works very well because it's very lean, very profitable and. I've seen it in other different businesses. And it's actually quite sad because I've got a lot of friends in this space and they do very, very well. Half six-figure businesses, even in the seven-figure businesses, making great revenue. But all of a sudden they lose a few clients and they've got this massive team, offers everything else. And they're like, oh, what just happened? And yeah, I think there's some trade-off. But uh, yeah, what do you think about it?
0: it's a really great conversation and i think the conversation is very different from if we were to have this 7 years ago 8 years ago because i think back then and this was right at the time when i was selling my agency at that time it was if your employees are not full time and on salary then you're not a real business and you're not taken mm. seriously which is fascinating right because then that's mm. some kind of societal external validation issue the mm. reality as I've been working with lots and lots of different agencies over the last seven years, is that the ones that are running lean, the ones that are running profitably, their their employees, their talent is happier because they're not salaried. They can do whatever they want. They've got more flexibility. Profit margins are much higher. So this, you call it a micro agency. I love that. That micro model is actually where it's at. And interestingly, as a coach and a consultant, I've seen a couple of clients that I've worked with over the last seven years say, I have an agency, I've got all the full-time staff. I actually want to dial it down now to a consultancy where it's maybe just me or me and one other person, right? Mm -hmm. So I think you're spot on here with do what's right for you. It doesn't matter what other people are saying or what you think is a successful business, right? If you start thinking about employee headcount, like salaried employee headcount as a, as a success metric, you are in the wrong place. That's not <laughs> what it's about. It's how many times am I going to play tennis this week? That's the yeah. success metric, right?
1: And exactly. Others, yeah. 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 And, and, and your initial question, and I realized I actually didn't answer it because <laughs> uh, you asked like the content metric and obviously it's relative to each person. And, but, but I think circling back to how you ended that, That for me is the definition of a successful business, because if you are in your business and constantly working crazy hours and everything is reliant on you, I think one can make a very good case that that's not a good business. Whereas if you've got more time and more freedom, flexibility and everything, and you're still doing well and your teammates or staff or whatever are actually enjoying what they do, I think that is a much better business and a successful business model.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, let's take a quick break. Did you know that there's a better way to scale your agency? Whether it's web design, development, e-commerce, content, SEO, or even hosting, E2M is the reliable white label partner you wish you knew about years ago. Personally, I'm proud to partner with E2M because of our alignment in values and ethics. Head over to E2MSolutions.com forward slash thrive to learn more. Now, let's get back to the show. So speaking about your micro agency, from a marketing standpoint, how have you been marketing that? Obviously, that's separate from freelance fam, but how have you been marketing that and what have you been finding successful?
1: Yeah, so a lot of referral clients and, and uh, word of mouth over the years. So, okay, so if I can split this, I think the first two or three years was a grant <laughs> and also for freelancers or agencies wanting to start out. I actually say like, look, the first one or two years, it's not going to be easy. Yes, it could be easy, but the reality is that's where it gets hard. You know, that's where you need to invest in ads, SEO, outreach, things like that. After year two or three, eventually clients should hopefully come to you. Your brand should be built, more referrals, things like that. And that's basically what happened with me. So I don't really do as much outreach as I did in, in the earlier stages, but now it's a lot more like referrals and people coming to me.
0: Mm -hmm. And also some land and expand. So existing clients that need additional work. Yeah. Yeah, things like that. Okay. And for someone who has started out as a freelancer, and now they've grown their agency, they've maybe have, like you said, several full time employees, maybe some part time, maybe a bit of contract employees. What words of wisdom would you impart on them? now that they're out of the the freelancer kind of category but now they're in a different platform they're in a different plateau right of where do i go from here
1: yeah wow so i think the whole journey of freelancing and agency life and business life it's it really is a journey and i think that some people have their let me say their why defined before they start some people it gets more defined as they go and I think that it's it's important to actually take like every year to do an analysis and to reflect on the current year and then where you go from there. And it might very well be that you might realize like, look, scaling and growing from 10 to 20 or from 20 to 50 is not really what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just want more flexibility or maybe I want more profitability or whatever. But the, th- the one thing that I, I will mention is that I have noticed that when it comes to agencies, a big problem is just because year two and three and four and five were good, it doesn't mean the next five years are going to be good. So I think that I, I sort of like the the approach of assuming the worst but planning for the best. <laughs> and uh, and and a lot also deals with like financial planning and being lean because. We've seen um, I'm sure you've also seen it in your industry goliaths of the industry people with hundred two hundred three hundred plus staff members, and all of a sudden something happens and the business sort of collapses and a real big struggle so I think don't don't think that because you're big, you're too big to fail. it happens all the time and try and mitigate that risk, but also enjoy it enjoy the journey because yeah it's it's just the business it shouldn't define you and your identity
0: yeah. It's a really good point that you're making. And I think this kind of also comes back to the the mix, the diversification of your client roster, right? So mm-hmm. just like you were talking about in the, the, one of the first 10 agency clients that I had as a, as a consultant early, early on, they were working with a pharmaceutical company and mm-hmm. they had about 120 staff full-time in office prior to COVID. and the pharmaceutical company, basically the budget got cut down to an eighth of what it had been. And that pharmaceutical company was representing about 60% of their revenue. Mm. So in one day they had to cut almost half of the entire agency. Think mm. about the impact of morale. Think about just operations. Yeah. I mean, you can barely service the rest of the clients now with that. Mm. Few staff. So anyhow, it, yes, I think it's important don't put all of your eggs in one basket. And if you find that you've got one client that is really taking more than, I would say even 15% of your sort of revenue split here or accounting for more than 15% of your revenue, really think about diversifying that. If it's getting Mm -hmm. into like a 40, 50% range, something has to be done really pretty immediately because you don't want someone else having that much power over your business then it doesn't matter whether you're freelancing or not.
1: Yeah, Someone
0: yeah. else is still a person that you have to ask permission from, right?
1: Yeah, that's such a great, a great tip and probably underrated too, because um, my general advice when it comes to clients, and it might not seem ideal, but anyway, here's my advice, is assume every client that you sign up is going to leave. So think of it when they leave, not if they leave. Uh and 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 then try and mitigate as much as possible and plan accordingly. The other thing is, and it actually goes a little bit deeper, what are you doing about growing your business, right? Because it's very easy to keep existing clients happy, but assuming that clients are going to leave, what are you doing to bring in new clients? And again, it works in that model of working in your business and not on it. And there are a couple of things to do. But the other point I wanted to mention, Kelly, is When it comes to a yearly analysis, a great tip that I learned from someone was to actually look at the type of clients that you have money aside, just look at the enjoyment factor. Yeah. Do you enjoy working with these types of clients? So let's say it's like legal and accounting and medical or something. And you decide, wow, these medical clients are a pain. (laughs) You know, here's the beauty about it. You can make some changes Mm -hmm. to close it off and only take on and work with the clients that you want to work with. So I think that, yes, finances and everything are important, but we have to look at the other aspect of running a business, the freedom, the enjoyment, the fulfillment, and that type of thing. And I think that when we look at it through that lens, it can change the whole business.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. That's really a great point. Because I think especially in the first few years as a freelancer or young agency owner, no matter the size of the agency, You're taking on everything. You're saying yes to everything because like you said before, it's a grind, right? So you don't feel like you have the, like, it's not safe to say no, right? Because I need that revenue. I have to support this first employee or something like that. You have a lot of power in this situation. I don't mean power in an unhealthy way. I mean, you have decision-making power. Right, mm. if someone says, Oh, I really want to work with you, but they happen to be in the legal field, and you've already said, I'm not taking anyone else from the legal field because I haven't had good experiences, regardless of what's happening financially, stick to that. Right, like yeah. intuitively, for me, that's an intuitive knowing, yeah. and I don't want to work with that kind of organization. And there's a reason for that it's not aligned mm. with my values, or it's you know, I've had past negative experiences, or whatever the reason it doesn't really matter. But I think we do forget that, especially in the beginning. It's like not, I always say not all money is good money. And it's true. Even if it's like, man, it's going to be really tough to make payroll next month. I should take this client on. It's like, if your gut is telling you don't do it, don't do it. (laughs) Trust yourself.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's actually a good point. And, And I always say something like, when starting out a business, create a business around your desired lifestyle. Mm -hmm. not a compromised lifestyle around a business. And yeah, I think when it comes to the beauty of freelancing and running a business, these are things that within our control, it's an internal factor. External factors, for example, like COVID and some other, other threats and everything, we can't control that, but we can control these. And it starts with sometimes making hard decisions.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that the community that you've built is absolutely beautiful. I think it's really, really much needed by freelancers, whether they're web designers, software developers, folks in marketing, or even small agencies trying to just figure it out. So yeah, again, if anyone wants more information or or wants to learn a little bit more about that, freelancefam.com, I love the name. Thank you so much, not only for joining me, but also just for creating this kind of community. Yeah, it's a great resource. And it's something that, as you said, when you were starting out, you wish you had it. When I was starting out, I wish I had it. I would have been your first sign up.
1: Yeah, and and thank you so much, Kelly. And yeah, I mean, likewise for you, if you let me know about your coaching, I I would have signed up. But um <laughs> yeah, and in terms of the community, like, look, I really enjoy what I do, and and I think a community is an extension of that. And w- where I really find fulfillment fulfillment is teaching people how to fish. You know, it's incredible to see lives change and families impacted. Even if it's just a little bit on the side, just that confidence and and it does something to their identity. And, and I really love that. So yeah, I just wanted to highlight that.
0: Yeah. Well, you're empowering people, right? That's what it comes down to. And so that always has to feel good because then someone is not reliant on you. They're able to go out and do grow the business that they want to grow not the one that they think they have to
1: i like that great way to end i think
0: thank you so much kyle this has been a pleasure
1: thank you so much kelly really appreciate it
0: and thank you for joining us if you liked this episode please rate the show or subscribe wherever you watch or listen and a big thank you to the official sponsor of thrive for this year e2m solutions your white label agency partner learn more about their approach services, and subscription plans at e2solutions.com forward slash thrive.